God. Thank you that my sins has been washed away in the blood of the Lamb, oh God. I am thankful, Jesus, for thy loving kindness is better than life, oh God. My lips shall praise thee while I live, oh God. For then thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in your house, oh God, than to dwell in tents of wickedness, oh God. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Oh, I bless your glorious name tonight. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. The old account was settled long ago. Hallelujah. And my record is clear today because he washed my sins away when the old account Amen. was settled Praise God. long ago. Amen. Thank God for the blood that washes us white as snow. Amen. Well, praise God. Here we are again, just together again, just praising the Lord. It's been a while since we've seen each other. I'm glad to be with my sisters and brothers. Here we are together again, just praising the name of the Lord. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Well, we've been talking about overcoming pride. Amen. And this is the last lesson on this. Amen. Series. Amen. Praise God. And hopefully you are picking up on some things on being overcomers uh, as we walk to the year. Amen. On being overcoming. There are so many things we have touched on and some we keep overlapping on and, and stuff. And that's the goal is to bring us all to that place where we are overcomers in Christ. And that we get to that place that God is all in all. Amen. And our trust and our hope and our abilities is in him. That nothing, as Paul says, shall be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We're on a journey. We're going to a better place. Amen. The Psalms to said he has compassed us about with songs of deliverance. Amen. And so we're going to be delivered. Amen. We're going to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. Just keep walking. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 13.10 says, Only by pride come contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Our base scripture. Amen. Only by pride. Amen. Only by pride. My goodness. Every argument is by pride. <laughs> Amen. Strife is all about pride. Amen. So we can see, as we have already understood, we have to get this thing out of us. Amen. Because it is easy to let pride creep in. Amen. And so, therefore, we want to be humble. And Paul says in Philippians 2, he says, let this, 2 5, he says, let this mind. Be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, amen, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, amen, and took of, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but took of him the form of what? A servant. And was made in the likeness of men, amen. God, God was a servant. And so we have to have a servant's attitude. If we don't have a servant's attitude, we can allow pride to easily sneak in our lives. Amen. I want to serve. Jesus says he came to serve. I want to serve. He says, you're my witness and my servants whom I have chosen. Amen. And he told his disciples, he says, you know, the servant is not greater than his master. 
<laughs> you know, and so therefore I want to I want to serve. I want to serve. Amen. With all that I do, I want to keep myself humble before God. Amen. And let God exalt us in due time. Now, last week we were talking about uh, some ways to to uh, get pride out of our lives. And one of the things we were focusing on was about investing in someone else. Amen. And this should be the goal of, of every born-again believer. When you look at the Great Commission, the Lord tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. So that is saying, I want you to invest what you have received in someone else. Because if you keep it to yourself and you try to go to heaven all by yourself, you might not make it. <laughs> you know, you need to, to invest this truth and someone else. Now, I gave you an assignment last week, and I asked you to study Paul's uh, missionary journeys and stuff. And so hopefully you had a chance to read uh, chapters 13 through 21 or 22 or somewhere in there, 23, 24, 25, all the way to the end of the book of Acts. Amen. Uh, and, and the questions I was asking is, amen, who did Paul take, what cities did he go to? Who did he take with him? Amen. What special events took place? And what was the Holy Ghost doing in all of this? Okay. Now, you know, and I'm looking for one thing when you find out all this, okay, at the end we'll see. All right, who wants to tell me about Paul's first missionary journey? Okay, chapter 13, okay. What, what happened on Paul's first missionary journey? Where did he go? All right, they was in Antioch. But when the Lord called them, then where did they head to? No. They went where? Uh, all right, they went to Cyprus. Where is Cyprus? In the Mediterranean. <laughs> You're right. It's an island right out in the middle of the Mediterranean. You are absolutely correct. Amen. In the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, the island, amen, of Cyprus, you will find, amen, to the north you have Turkey, to the east you have Lebanon, Syria, to the south, you know, you have Egypt, and then to the west I think you have Greece and stuff like that. But you, but you, you find that Cyprus is right out in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. It's a, a small island, amen. And about 9,000 miles, give or take, you know, come and go there, you know, land mass wise and stuff. And so they're in, they go to Cyprus. Amen. So now, who was with Paul? Who was Barnabas? Huh? Where, where did Barnabas come from? Where did we see Barnabas at before? Who is the son of Constellation? Come on, guys. <laughs> 
you don't need more to win. You're apostolic. You've been reading this stuff all your life. <laughs> You've been reading this stuff all your life. You've been reading through the Bible all your life. Acts 4, 36. What happened? Who sold some land and laid it at Peter's feet? And <laughs> No, look, Ananias, Ananias, amen, Ananias, then he held back some of this stuff, right? Huh? There you go, the son of constellation, right? So God calls Paul and he calls Barnabas, and so they go to Cyprus, amen, all right? Now, they get there. And what transpired? What special events take place? Bar Jesus? Who was he? A false prophet, right? A sorcerer. All right. And so what happened? <laughs> okay. I tried to convince him that it was false. Amen. And so, what happens more? Come on. What are the events take place? <laughs> so, the Holy Ghost got involved, didn't he? And Paul caused him to be blind for how long? Huh? A season. <laughs> okay. All right. And so then what did Paul do? Kept, kept preaching, okay? Kept preaching, right? What did he preach? Jesus, right. He, he, he laid it out the same way Stephen had laid it out in Acts chapter 7. If you look at Stephen in Acts 7... At his persecution, he brings them all the way from the creation, all the way to Jesus Christ. Paul, likewise, he starts telling them about Jesus, the crucifixion, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and he brings them all right to it. Amen. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Okay, so, so we see there was persecution, they, we see there was rejections, they, we see that usually only a few people accept, but what else is we see a church being established, okay, because they are willing to invest their lives for the kingdom. They're willing to set their pride aside 
and humble themselves to be obedient to the command and calling of God and to go forth and to establish the church that Jesus has asked them to establish. And, and Paul and Barnabas goes first. Amen. And they get there. Who else was with them? John Mark. Amen. Who is John Mark? <laughs> Why didn't him and Paul get along very well? <laughs> All right. John Mark is Barnabas' nephew. John Mark is also the author of the book of Mark. Okay? He's the author of the book of Mark in the gospel. He, he was not an original apostle. Okay? He, he was came along as a young man on the first missionary trip with Paul and Barnabas. And probably because of a lot of the persecution... You know, that they were going through, he probably chose to go back to, uh, to Antioch where they were, you know, that for safety purposes. Okay? You know, usually a lot of times you will find this sometimes, but they were still able to invest in him because you never forget that experience in your life when you go to a missions field and see persecution. You never forget that. You know, and so they he begins to see the value. You know, John Mark could have, could have been a, a a green, you know, green. What do you call him? Uh, uh, Greenhorn, yeah. And he needed more training and more understanding. You know, a lot of times men and women are afraid, especially when persecution comes. See, and this is one of the reasons you have to get pride out of your life and keep yourself humble. So that you understand I'm walking with God. God has called me to do this. I've seen a lot of young men and women, you know, uh, you know, you, you come through on a missions trip, you know, on deputation. And we present our missions plaques and everything. We're talking about the missions field. And, you know, and all of a sudden you get one or two young men and women. Uh, Man, that's what I want to do. I want to go to the missions field. I want to be a missionary. I want to do this. I want to do this, you know. You know, they, they're all prideful until they hit the field. <laughs> and then they get there, and then you tell them, you got to find your own place to live. you got to provide for your own self. And you got to get out there and go to work, you know, and get into the field. And a lot of them, you know, is ready to get back to America. <laughs> they want to know the next plane smoking to get out of there, you know. And, and as a result of that is because they was prideful and they didn't come with a humble spirit. See, when you humble yourself and you are being led by God, when you are allowing God, that's why I say the fourth thing is see what the Holy Ghost is doing. Even though in all their persecution and all they was going through, the Holy Ghost was working with them because it was the Holy Ghost that called them. It was the Holy Ghost when you started reading chapter 13 that says, separate to me Paul and Barnabas, you know, for the work that I've called them to, see. And when God has called us, he has called you and I out of darkness into his marvelous light. So now to go from that calling of God to being chosen by God is part of our preparation. The earnesty of our preparation, the more we prepare 
the more we study, the more we know. That's why I was asking you questions like, where did they go? Okay, where is the place they're going? You know, it's crazy to go to a place you don't know anything about. You know, you need to know what is there. You need to know where it is. What is the customs and traditions, you know, in these places so that you can prepare yourself to be there to work or whatever. Because I will tell you, a lot of times I have seen people think, I'm an American. We're we're better than you. I guarantee you, as soon as you hit a foreign soul, you find out that ain't true. You, you're the foreigner. <laughs> you're the foreigner now. You know, you're subject to their laws. You're subject to what they say in their country. I had one of my friends came over to do a revival for me and him and his wife, and he came into Korea, and he says, it didn't dawn on him, you know, because they came over on an American airplane and everything, and, you know, enjoying life, watching the videos and stuff as they come across the ocean, you know, and everything. And he said it didn't dawn on him until he was walking towards the immigration, and he looked up in the air and saw this great big sign that says, Foreigners. And he says, I looked at Bonnie, my wife says, Bonnie, we're foreigners. <laughs> you know, now you are subject to what they say. Your American abilities just went out the window. So the best thing you can do is to come into that country humbly. And believe me, I've been in Asia for a long time, and I have had to humble myself did not let pride get in my way when I knew I was right and they was wrong. You know, I was bringing a gift one time into the country, you know, for one of our speakers, and I get to the airport, you know, and they tell me I can't bring it in. And they sell it. You know, they took the gift that I had for the guest speaker and locked it up at the airport, and would not let me bring it in and told me I could get it when I was on my way out. And then when I went to get it on my way out, they made me pay storage charge for keeping it. You don't think that will humble you? You, I could have let pride get in the way and, and says, you know, you guys are sick. You know? But you learn. To humble yourself. When you get in a foreign country in a different line, believe me, humility is there. Because you're going to tap dance to their, their standards or whatever. You know, we were coming back from Israel and, and my wife had brought a gift, you know, and, and Jordan, I think it was. And, you know, you can't see inside of a tray that's made, but when it came through the radar screen or, or the, the, the x-ray machine, they said it looked like it was a knife blade in the thing, you know. And so here she stands. I can't go to my wife because they don't want nobody to come around her, you know. The German police are standing there. They're scanning. They're asking her questions. I can't go to my wife, you know, and stuff. And, you know, and they, you know, you just have to learn, you know, Humility, you know, and so, you know, you have to have 
humility in your life to be able to accomplish what God is asking of you to do. Amen. So Paul has with him on the first missionary journey, he has with him a Barnabas, and he had with him John, uh, John Mark, and they are converted folks. There are some people. The deputy, as Sister DeMove said, you know, he's receptive to the gospel, but Bar Jesus is trying to prevent him. Paul striking blind, and as a result, more people sees this, and as a result, you know, the spirit start working, so people are starting to be converted, and the church is starting to be established. In the second journey, what do we find happening? Where did they go? Jerusalem. Where else? <laughs> Cilicia. Okay, where's Cilicia? <laughs> huh? By Syria. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, no, no. Okay, Cilicia over by Syria, Turkey, up in Asia Minor area. You notice that he works the Asia Minor area, the second, which is Turkey and around Syria and up through that that parts of the region. You know, is where he finds himself working this time. And who's he got with him? Okay, what happened to Barnabas? Why did he go with John Mark? Say again. Paul didn't want John Mark to go, you know, with them. See, and he says because he went away, he didn't stay with the team the first time, you know. And so Paul was not about to take him the second time. You know, and so as a result, notice these two friends. Who was Paul's mentor? Barnabas. Barnabas was the one that brought Paul into the church. <laughs> you know, after the Lord called them, Paul is the one that, I mean, Barnabas is the one that, that get the church to accept Paul. And now there's dissension between him and Paul. Amen. Because Paul is not about to take John Mark on the second missionary trip with them. And as a result, there are dissensions. And so therefore, John Mark goes with Barnabas, his uncle, and Silas goes with Paul. Amen. And so they travel to these places throughout Asia Minor. Amen. And as they're strengthening the church uh, that they have established is on the first journey. Amen. So how did the Spirit work with them in this second journey? Okay. What else? Okay. A go to where? All right, this went to Troyes, you know, it got him to Troyes, and then it was at Troyes where Paul gets the vision of the of the spirit to come over, man, to come over into Macedonia and help us, okay? So notice, they're led by the spirit, see? You have to be led by the spirit. You have to humble yourself 
so that you can hear when God speaks to you and is directing you and guiding you. You might want to go one place, you know, and God is saying, no, I want you to go here. See? And so as a result, he's sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And as a result, the Holy Ghost sends them to Macedonia. Amen. And he gets to Macedonia, and as it was, they go out by the river to pray. Amen. And who's out there? What's her name? Huh? What did you say? Come on, Sister Linda. Who was it? Yes. Not Dorcas. Not Tabitha. Lydia. Lydia in her household. And what did Lydia do? <laughs> so, she didn't sell homes. <laughs> she offered her home to break them in. She's a seller of purple, right? And what, is, what did purple represent? Royalty. Amen. All right. So we see that Lydia in her household is converted. Amen. And what happened? She got baptized. Now what other special event take place? Not her. <laughs> that was Dorcas. <laughs> Amen. So what happened with at the Lydia's household? And they're going to prayer. A woman possessed with the spirit of divination, right? And what did she say? <laughs> These men are of the no <laughs> the most high God which does what? Which do what? To show us the way to salvation. Amen. And and they she did this constantly, right? And so what happened finally? <laughs> Finally, Paul got tired of it, and he cast that demon out of her. Amen. You don't cast out demons being prideful. You have to walk humbly before God. Amen. And so he cast out these demons, and then what happened? What other event happened as soon as he cast them out? Guys got mad. What did they do? They did what before they threw them in jail? They beat them. They beat them. <laughs> Persecuted them. They beat them. Then they threw them in jail. And what happened after they threw them in jail? <laughs> but what happened before the earthquake? They started singing and praising God. And, and at midnight there was an earthquake. <laughs> And the jailhouse rock took place. And as a result, their shackles fell off. You know, and what was now the event that took place? The jailer got converted. He was going to kill himself, right? Because they thought they were all gone. And so the jailer in his household, you know, is converted. Notice the jailer does what? Humbles himself. See, he humbles himself and he comes to them and says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
you know, and Paul gives them the answer. Believe on the Lord Jesus in thy house and you shall be saved. And he took them that very hour. He washed their scribes. He was baptized in his house. Amen. And put food before them and all these things, right? See? Yes. Right. starting to take place on these missionary journeys, you know. And then from there, where do they go? Thessalonica, okay. Thessalonica, <laughs> which is where they established the church to Thessalonians, okay. Thessalonica actually comes, uh, was was named after the daughter of uh, or the sister, actually, the daughter of Philip and the sister of Alexander the Great, you know, is who that city is named after, you know. So now he's going from Asia Minor, and now he's working his way into Greece and around that part of, of, the, of the world, you know. So now stop and think about, you know, the time that he's going to these places, you know, they ain't like today with airplanes and, and, and trains and cars, you know. A lot of it, they're walking, they're riding camels, they're taking a boat here, a boat there, and the boats in those days didn't have the twin uh, 50 uh, Mercury engines on the back where you see the guys swoop across the water, you know, it was paddling, you know, uh, that way. So it would take some time for them to get to these places, Amen. And so you will see that the humility would be in them to be able to accomplish what God was wanting them to do. And as they go to Athens and then they goes to Thessalonica, you know, and Paul is establishing churches and, and monitoring the churches. And what happens when he gets to Ephesus? I'm ahead of myself. I meant Thessalonica. <laughs> oh, more trouble, right? <laughs> you know, you don't establish a church and expect not to have some trouble. Amen. The demons is always in that area is going to try to prevent you from establishing a beachhead. You can get ready for war. That's why we're taught in Ephesians, put on the whole armor of God so that we're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We have to prove, as I said earlier, you go from calling of God to, to chosen of God 
by your preparation. And so therefore, you've got to prove your armor constantly. You've got to have your loins skirted about with truth. You've got to have on the breastplate of righteousness. Your feet shod with the gospel of the preparation of peace. Your, your shield of faith. Your helmet of salvation. And your sword of the spirit. You notice Paul is using every bit of his armor to accomplish what God is asking of him to do. Amen. So once they get there, amen, who joins up with them? Huh? Timothy. Okay. Amen. Timothy comes into place and Silas is there. Okay. And so Paul leaves Timothy and Silas there to get things established, you know, and then he keeps working with Timothy and he's pouring himself into Timothy and he's developing Timothy and Silas. He's, de- he's developing, he's investing in these young ministers to get the work done and because he's trying to establish more churches. He, he raises up men and he moves on to the next location. So they're at Thessalonica, they're in Athens. Then they go to Corinth, amen. And it's at Corinth where Timothy joins up with them and he is carrying on the work. And they're there for how long? How long are they in Corinth? Fifteen years, twenty years, fifteen months, eighteen months, nineteen months. Okay. In Corinth, eighteen months. Year and a half, they're there at Corinth and they're establishing the church. So you can see the time frame, you know. So it would give them time to be able for Paul to pour himself into this church. It would be time for Paul to pour himself into Timothy and to Silas to invest in them. Because he's not going to stay there. He's going to go forward. And as a result, he wants to impart in them the truth of the doctrine. So that they know what to teach. This is why later on, when you read the book of Timothy, as Paul tells Timothy, I left you and even in Ephesus that you might charge some that they teach no other doctrine. You know, and, and the whole letter of Timothy is basically a letter of encouragement from Paul later on. See, because it's part of that development process that he goes through. So Paul heads off. After that, 18 months, and he goes back to Syria and then on back to Antioch to the church. And notice, basically, when he comes back, he goes to basically what he's going to is general conference. See? And when he goes back to the mother church, he goes basically back to general conference. He goes up to Jerusalem, and then he begins to tell what the Lord has done. That's why at General Conference, when you see all the missionaries and everything and all the things, the plays they show at General Conference, they're telling what the Lord has been doing. That's why every month you get a missions letter, they're telling what God is doing, how the Spirit is working in the missions field, see, is what takes place, see. And that's why they are raising up men and women to continue the work the same way that Paul has done this year. Amen. Okay, what about the third missionary journey? Amen. Where do you go this time? Perea, Paraguay, Paraga, you know, and Ephesus, right? 
goes to Ephesus. Okay, these places are, again, in Turkey. As you follow his journey, if you've got a King James Version of the Bible, if you can get a, uh, a map, you can see, or even on your iPad, you call it up, you can see all the missionary journeys that Paul took and where he went and everything and how it, it, it unfolds. Amen. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when he goes to Ephesus in Acts 19, amen, uh, Acts 18 it starts, amen, who does he find? Okay. Some believers, John, but before he find those believers of John, who does Priscilla and Aquila come across? Apollos. Okay? So now we see that a Priscilla and Aquila is joined with Paul. What was their duties? What were they? No. What was Priscilla and Aquila? What did they do? What was the occupation? Tent makers. Okay. And Paul was a tent maker, so it would be easy to hang out together, right? And so they come across Apollos. Where was Apollos from? <laughs> Alexandra. There you go. Alexandra. Amen. And where is Alexandra? <laughs> All right. And where was Alexander the great sister from? <laughs> They named Thessalonica after her. <laughs> okay. It was part of Alexander. Okay. And so, and as a result, you know, some scholars believe that this was a major university there and teaching. And so, as a result, when you notice Apollos, you know, the Bible says he was eloquent in the Scriptures. He knew the Word of God. He only had known about baptism in Jesus' name. And so as a result now, Priscilla and Aquila takes him aside and they expound to him the ways of God more clearly. Okay? So now Apollos become part of the team. This is why you have to stay humble and not prideful because you're an apostolic. Just because you know baptism in Jesus' name, just because you know holy living, just because you know the Scriptures, you've got to stay humble. There's a lot of people out there that knows the Scripture. There's a lot of people out there that knows about Jesus Christ. There's a lot of these denominations that knows probably more about Jesus than you do. <laughs> you know? but And this is why you have to stay humble so that you can teach them the full truth of the gospel. This is why you have to keep yourself humble so that you can hear what God says. This is why you've got to keep yourself humble so that you will have the wisdom of God and not fly off the handle and, and get angry at people or, or provoke them to anger because you're trying to tell them they're wrong. You've got to have a humble spirit if you're going to convert somebody else that don't know the full gospel message. You've got to be humble and keep a right spirit and a loving and kind spirit so that when you present it to them, they can see it and receive it. Okay? I think I've told you the story about 
the Kathy, you know, the girl, she went to chapel probably more than anybody else. <laughs> that I probably knew her and her husband. But she realized there was more. And so when she called to ask more, first thing we did was brought her to the house and let her sit down and have dinner. You know, we we befriended them. We Of course, we was always kind of close, you know, but we, we, we it opened that door of opportunity. And as a result, we was able, through the love of God, to bring her and her husband to the full understanding of the truth. And she received it. And she saw that she needed to be baptized in Jesus' name. And she saw, you know, she wanted the Holy Ghost. And God honored her, you know, with that. See? And so that's what we we have to do is we have to be humble in a loving and kind way, you know, and so that we have the wisdom of God to let them talk and to then to be able to explain to them the gospel message and the love of Almighty God so that their hearts would be pricked. Amen. You know, if, if God is, what Jesus said, no man can come into the Father except the Son draw them. So if they come to you, you have to assume that God is drawing them to him through you. And so, therefore, you have to keep yourself humble and a sweet, loving spirit so that when they ask you questions like, what do you believe? What do you guys believe? You know, I, me and my wife was talking today, you know, and, and we come across people all the time that can't even pronounce apostolic. I mean, I'm talking about people with PhDs and, and stuff. When we're talking to them and they, they, they're calling alapotsupa uh, and stuff, you know, what is, what is that? You know, they can't even pronounce the word, you know. And so, you know, we could be prideful and whatever, but no, we humble ourselves. And I explained to them, is apostolic, you know. And then what we go into explaining to them what it actually means, you know. And then the Jews, they go, oh, okay, you know. So, but if I was standing there in a prideful way and go, ha, ha, you can't even pronounce it. You know, how, who am I going to win doing that? Nobody. You know, so we have to have the heart of Christ. You know, remember Jesus says it's not the well that need the doctor. <laughs> you know, it's the sick. So therefore, we have to to follow these examples that that Paul and and is trying to show us here. Amen. So to come across Apollos, and then all of a sudden, while Apollos is at uh, uh, Ephesus, I mean, Corinth, well, Paul having passed through the upper coast of Ephesus, he came across certain disciples. And again, watch this. He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? You know, he, he, didn't, he didn't blast them or anything. He just asked them a simple question. Hey, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? You know? How many times you did that to people that you know in church, in churches? Have you ever asked them? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? You know, I've been to churches, you know, when I was a missionary and go to churches. Sometimes the people in the church, some of them would come up to me and say, Hey, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They didn't know I was a missionary. They didn't know I was a pastor. They just, they just knew I was a visitor, first-time visitor. You know, they would say things to me like, Hey, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? See, yeah, you know, and, you know, and so don't be afraid sometimes when somebody is talking to you and you're in a, 
in a conversation, in a good conversation, to be asked them, you know, hey, I see you're a Christian. I see you go to church. I, you know, I uh, see you got a cross around your neck or whatever. You know, have you received the Holy Ghost? You know, in a loving, gentle, humble way, have you received the Holy Ghost? You know, and they might say, what are, what are you talking about? And the door will open, and you can share the truth of God's God's word with them to give them something to chew on, something. And so as Paul came across these guys, he says, hey, have you guys received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, we have not so much as heard there be any Holy Ghost. Then he said, well, tell me, how were you baptized? And this is John baptism. He said, well, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, said that you should believe on him, which should come after, which was Jesus Christ. When they heard that, what did they do? They got baptized, you know. And when Paul laid his hands on them, you know, Begin to speak in tongues. I think Paul may have, you know, sat down and gave them some studies. You know, may have talked to them a little bit, you know, in that area. Amen. And so when we look at these three, these three journeys all together, we got to realize that Paul is a humble servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's called of God. He goes to these countries to start with him and Barnabas. And you notice they always go with somebody, you know. And as a result, you know, people are converted to the Lord. You know, their lives are changed. Churches are established. And that's why when we read the epistles, we see the letter to Rome, the letter to Corinthians, or the Corinth, letters to Galatia, letters to Ephesians, letters to Thessalonica, letters to Timothy, you know, you know, this is where they, what it is. If the letters in the epistles are just letters by Paul right into the churches telling them what they need to do to continue to be saved. So that's the key thing about uh, this whole thing is we want to humble ourselves and let's invest in other people. As John the Baptist said, I must decrease so that he can increase. We have to put the kingdom of God over the kingdom of self. Amen. I don't want my own kingdom. I want his kingdom to be established. Amen. Whether of them twain, Jesus asked, did the will of the Father. They said unto him, the first, Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, the publicans and harlots goes into the kingdom of God before you. In other words, Jesus says to them, he says, If you don't humble yourself as these, these publicans and sinners are doing, you're, you're not going to make it into heaven. See, we have to humble ourselves. It's got to be about his kingdom and not our kingdom. We don't need little kingdoms on this earth. You know, we're not staying here. We're going to a better place. We're going to a city where there be no more night, where Jesus is the light. Amen. And so we're going to continue, amen, to, to build and develop his kingdom. We're going to continue to train, develop leaders, release people into the ministry, and all these things, because that's all about building the kingdom. You know, if you don't release people, then you're going to lose people. That's the, that's the key. Amen. And then number six is we have to be controlled by the laws of love. Amen. You've got to be controlled by the laws of love. When the, when the, when the uh, lawyer asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandments? He says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and all your strength. He said, this is the first and great commandment, and the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. I mean, thy neighbor as thyself. <laughs> On these two commandments hangs all the laws and the prophet. And see, love drives the train. 
Because we love God first and foremost more than anything. That's why Paul would later write to the church at Corinth in the 13th chapter. He says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I'm just a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. He says, though I have all the gifts of prophecy and understand all mysteries and have all faith to remove mountains and have not charity, it profited me nothing. So I give all my money to feed the poor and give my body to be burned and have not charity. Ain't doing nothing for me. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envied not. Charity wanteth not. Is not poked up. Does not behave itself unseemly. You know, it's not provocative. You know, all these things he talked about in the 13th chapter about love and, and how love should operate. And then that by Jesus says in John thirteen thirty five, by this shall all men know you are my disciples if you have love one to another. You know, and so we got to love God. You know, love God with all your heart. Love God with all your mind. Love God with all your strength. Amen. Keep God first, and because we want to elevate His kingdom, and as a result, and love people. See, if I love people. I'll stay humble, say, I won't elevate myself. I'll, I'll stay humble because I want to see people, you know, saved. And this is what God desires all of us to do is to reach the lost, amen, with his love and through his love. Let your light shine that men shall see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so let me encourage you to, to go back and, you know, in your, some of your study time and follow these, follow these, uh, these uh, journeys again. Uh, just read the whole book of Acts constantly because that's the church book uh, got established, you know, and see what takes place. See how it unfolds. Amen. Because it, it is important that we see how the church has got started, where they are. You know, and it's part of our development to know these things as Christians. You know, if we say we're an Acts church, then we need to be an, an understanding of how they got things got established and where it was and, and what took place. Because a lot of times when you study the scriptures, you know, as the Paul says, you know, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections, instructions, and righteousness. And so we can learn a lot of things when we study the Word of God and how and what they have gone through so that we will know how to deal with situations and circumstances should we become persecuted, you know, so that we can rejoice when we are persecuted for the righteousness' sakes. Amen? So we must decide that rather than climbing a ladder of success on our own, we're climbing a mountain, harnessing others to our rope. And if they pass us up, great. We're all on the same team and headed for the same place. The better I can make someone else, the more impact we can make on this world together and keep pride out of our lives. Amen. Praise God. All right. So that covers pride. So we overcome in pride. So now you should have eight. Memorization scriptures, amen, ready to go. And so maybe next week I might call on somebody and have them to quote three or four of them where we are and 
where we where we come from, Amen. And so, so put that in your study bank, you know. And so, if I were to say to you, you know, give me Aprils, you know, you have it down pat. I know Brother Terry can do it. He, <laughs> yeah, what's your fourth general order, Amen. Here's next month's uh, lessons, and uh, I'll go ahead and hand it out for you. Now we're talking about overcoming.